Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending September 11th, 2020. I'm Chris Kyle, and today I'm joined by Paul Eidelman, Director and Senior Investment Strategist. Good morning, Paul. It's good to see you. I hope you and the family are faring well despite the smoky weather conditions. Yeah, we're, we're staying healthy, thankfully, but certainly some uh, weird and disturbing images from around the West Coast right now. Yeah, yeah. I know many of us have friends, family, clients scattered all across and they have our every thoughts and sympathy. Jumping in though, I know we have a few topics to touch on this morning. First, we'll start with the ongoing equity market volatility. Additionally, we'll look at both recent and anticipated inflation data, closing with comments regarding AZN's latest vaccine announcement. So Paul, let's start with the equity volatility piece. It's continued to persist from last week. While tech is obviously experiencing wider swings, other markets are following in tandem. What are some of the factors behind this disruption to the market recovery? It's a bit of a strange one, actually, where it's hard to point to a specific event or catalyst causing the sell-off. Instead, what seems to be happening is that uh, these uh, mega cap technology stocks are selling off simply because their valuations have gotten a bit overextended. And to a degree, we've seen evidence of kind of crowding or euphoria around some of these individual securities. Um, as of Friday morning here, I think the NASDAQ is off about 4% this week. And when you add on to that, some of the selling pressure we saw late last week uh, from the, the previous peak on September 2nd, the NASDAQ is now down about 10%. So roughly speaking, a, a technical correction uh, on the sort of technology area of the U.S. equity market. And uh, it's nothing to be overly concerned about at this stage. A lot of these companies have had a meteoric rise over the last uh, couple of months. Um, but it's going to be a really interesting and important area of uh, financial markets to watch going forward because most large U.S. equity indices have become very, very concentrated uh, given uh, the outperformance of uh, these names. So uh, it's something we're, we're watching. Um, generally speaking, our equity strategies are set up to benefit or would be expected to benefit from a rotation from technology into the more dislocated and cheap areas of the market, areas like financials or airlines, et cetera. And that uh, investment thesis could play out if we get a continuation of this valuation re-rating that we've seen here over the last week or two. But uh, broadly speaking, I think what we're looking for are some other sort of potential catalysts if a vaccine were to come through and broaden out the economic recovery and allow these companies to start participating again in terms of earnings growth. That would be, I think, a clear positive and potentially support a continuation of what we've seen in markets over the last week or two. Uh, and then what happens with interest rates is also uh, quite important because the technology stocks tend to be very exposed to interest rates because their cash flows are further out into the future. And so interest rates are very important for their uh, discount rates with higher interest rates being a, a headwind for them. So uh, definitely a lot more two-sided uh, volatility, which is welcome to see and I think is healthier uh, for the market, but a, an important thing to keep our eye on uh, here going forward. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, it's hard to argue with the need for a cool off period, given the strength of the last six months. Yep. Switching gears, though, CPI figures were released this morning with August coming in at 0.4%, which is a slight drop from what we saw in July and June. The Fed said that they're willing, if not eager, to let inflation run beyond the 2% baseline that we've used in the past. What can we expect from this um, 
either as a, from a consumer or as an investor for how to anticipate inflation going forward? Um, we're going to have to be patient for inflation, I think. We're in a situation right now where we're still crawling our way out of a pretty sharp economic recession from COVID and, and the pandemic. And when you're thinking about what actually drives higher inflation, you tend to get that environment when aggregate demand is so strong that it's outpacing uh, the productive capacity of the economy to produce those demanded goods and services. And, and right now, uh, given we're just coming out of a recession, aggregate demand is currently still weak. Uh, the data this morning were a bit better than most economists were looking for, but core CPI inflation is currently only at 1.7% on a year ago basis. And uh, as you alluded to, the Fed's target is 2%. So they're undershooting uh, that objective right now uh, quite substantially, actually. And around that uh, significant framework review that they went through a couple of weeks ago, not only do they want to get inflation now up to 2%, they want to make up for those current misses, which all means the Fed is going to uh, keep their uh, overnight interest rates uh, very low for quite a long time. So we're not really looking for significant upside risks on U.S. inflation, despite all of this stimulus until closer to 2022 at the earliest or maybe 20. 23, and that's when the possibility of rate hikes, in our view, start to get a little bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for this. I know the topic will be top of mind for the foreseeable future, and especially if inflation does finally hit that 2% target and manages to persist for a sizable amount of time. Lastly, and quite relevant to the moment, is earlier this week, AstraZeneca announced a pause or halt on what was considered a leading vaccine candidate. Given the rhetoric and excitement behind finding a vaccine sooner than anticipated, this was certainly a reminder for some of the risks involved. What should investors take away from this reality check as it pertains to current market levels and the months ahead? Well, I think if anything, we've been afforded a luxury of exceptionally accelerated timelines up until this point. And if you talk to any kind of uh, scientist that is involved in these clinical trials, having severe adverse events is more the norm than the exception. So what AstraZeneca is doing with their trial is out of an abundance of safety. That's really primarily the focus. They had one patient with a severe adverse event in the United Kingdom. They paused their trial until they can figure out if it's the vaccine's fault or if uh, just something randomly happened to the individual. Uh, it does slow their timeline, which uh, financial markets do care about. We uh, want to see a vaccine so that a lot of business and economic activity can get back to a more normalized state. Uh, so AstraZeneca, that was towards the front of the pack, now seems to maybe have a, a more likely scenario of reporting results closer to the end of the year. So a bit of a disappointment there. But there are a number of other uh, vaccine candidates out there, Moderna, Pfizer, et cetera, some of which uh, will be uh, still seem to be on track to report in just the next couple of months, October uh, or November. So I think a modest setback, but this doesn't totally derail uh, the sort of economic outlook or the financial market trajectory here. How we're thinking about things more broadly is we have this view that we think we're in the recovery phase of the economic cycle, which is typically a time that we want to be quite positive. The challenge we've had is financial markets have risen so quickly here over the last several months that the price we have to pay for that some that same economic outlook has gotten richer and richer. And so the risks in our mind increasingly look uh, two-sided and balanced. Uh, so 
There are both upside and downside risks around vaccines. Similarly, around what happens with fiscal policy in the United States, there's elections coming up in November. Uh, and so I think we're, we're much closer to our strategic targets today with uh, the price we're paying for fundamentals being richer than, than it was in the past. And just having that valuation discipline, we think, is important. Patience is ever the virtue, and it's comforting knowing that at least at the forefront of clinical development, um, everybody's taking caution. On that note, though, Paul, thank you for your time. Um, I hope that you continue to at least fare well um, amidst this weekend. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much. Stay safe, be well, and we'll see you next time. <music>